Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Every weekday, Arvo at three, we'll be dropping an additional app into your feed without the headlines to keep up with everything going on in the world right now. Are we about to go to war with cats? It sounds ridiculous, but it's legit and probably necessary. Today is National Threatened Species Day and the federal government's released a plan to stamp out feral cat populations. After revelations, 48 new animals have been added to the at-risk list over the last year. Part of this plan includes a proposal to really crack down on pet cats, with things like nighttime curfews and mandatory desexing being floated as ways to protect our native animals in Australia. Roaming domesticated cats are thought to kill over 526 million animals every year, with over 320 million of those being native species. Right now, there are varying rules around the country. Victoria and the ACT are among the states that can and have ordered people to keep their cats inside during certain hours. New South Wales and WA currently have no restrictions on pet cats. The Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek, wants to change that. We know that a lot of cat owners are very responsible. They're great at keeping their pets inside at night or even, you know, round the clock in, in many cases. But looking at things like curfews, desexing, and so on is really important because cats, are they're really effective killers. So are we about to see a set of rules nationwide? And will these proposed new rules make a difference in protecting our native animals? To find out more, I'm joined now by Jack Goff. He's the Advocacy Manager for the Invasive Species Council. First off, I wanted to ask, this draft plan comes today on National Threatened Species Day, and there are some pretty sad new figures out that show 48 additional animals have been added to the at-risk category. Can we save them? It's a day to reflect, you know, in the 1920s, we lost the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger, because we didn't take action quick enough to ensure the survival of that species. And since then, we've been losing species. Since the 1960s, we've been losing species at a rate of nearly five species every decade. It's not good enough and it's something that requires investment. It requires focus and requires a real dedication to to the triple threats of climate change, of habitat loss and invasive species. So this is serious. It's something that we should not be proud of as a nation, um, that we should reflect on on this on Threatened Species Day. But it is good that as well today we uh, uh, with that uplisting of some of those species that are, are on the brink of extinction, we are also seeing the federal government bringing out a pretty comprehensive feral cat plan. It doesn't have any funding yet behind it, but at least they are starting to put that focus on this issue and that's that's encouraging. Yeah, when it comes to the feral cats strategy that's being released today, one of them is euthanasia, also baiting and shooting the animals. Now, we've seen similar tactics used against wild Brumby populations and that's angered some animal rights activists. Do you think we're going to see similar reactions with this plan for cats? It isn't It isn't nice to have to kill animals. Let's be really clear about that. No one likes to see animals killed. Um, but unfortunately, we've got this sad reality, which is that we have a choice to make. And that choice is between removing some of these feral animals like feral cats and like the feral horses and ensuring that, they, uh, that those numbers are brought down and the impacts are brought down, or we start to see our native species 
be killed. We start to see species that are already on the edge of extinction pushed over the brink. And that's that's the choice we have to make. It's not a nice choice, but it is the sad reality that we face. And when we're doing that, it's really important that we're doing it professionally, that we're doing it humanely, that we're doing it in line with standard protocols, but also that we have the level of resources for follow-up. Every time we waste time and don't invest in proper control programs, it means that the numbers increase and that means more animals have to die um, in terms of that control program that goes on. And that's not a good outcome. So what we need is consistent funding, consistent programs that are done professionally, that are done humanely in line with some of those standard protocols. And if we do that, we will see a dividend in our native um, wildlife populations and in the health of our ecosystems. And- mm. Let's talk about pet cats. Uh, this plan does include some suggestions on how to monitor those populations nationwide, things like a cat curfew, bringing them in at night, compulsory desexing, and also a limit on how many cats people can keep. The stats around how many animals pet cats kill every year are really shocking as well. The estimated figure is over 520 million. I'm wondering if you're expecting pushback from the community on this proposal, given that it affects the cats that live in our homes and that we love as part of our families. Look, we know that when it comes to um, responsible pet ownership, that keeping cats at home is actually best for cats. It's something that means that they prolong their lives, that they have happier lives than roaming cats. But it also is important in terms of stopping our suburbs going silent. To give you a perspective, over the next four years in the Sydney Basin alone, we can expect nearly a quarter of a billion native animals to be killed by roaming pet cats. We need responsible pet ownership and that um, needs a few things. It needs education and awareness in our community. It needs support for pet owners to make that transition to keeping their pets at home. But it also needs clear rules and regulations and expectations, similar to as we have for, for pet dogs, that you cannot just have a pet cat and allow it to roam the streets And we know that, unfortunately, about 70% of all pet cats in Australia are currently allowed to roam. And of those cats, each of them is killing more than three animals every week. And for every one animal that you see brought home onto your doorstep, a a lizard or a bird or a, a small mammal, another four of them are being left to die or have been killed under the bushes. And that's that's really not Good enough. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, consultations are open until the end of the year, so we'll see the progress of this plan, I suppose. Uh, Jack Goff, thank you for your time today. Thank you. That was Jack Goff of the Invasive Species Council there, but not everyone thinks this is a good idea. I had a quick chat with the CEO of Animal Liberation, Linda Stoner, to get her thoughts. Thanks so much for your time today, Linda, and for joining us on The Briefing. My first question is, have you had a chance to read this plan and what are your thoughts? Yes, I have. Yet again, everything's being sheeted home to cats. They are quite possibly the most maligned animal in Australia. It always puzzles me when governments choose to make cats the primary target of loss of endangered species, when in fact it's human behaviour that causes gigantic extinction losses and and the primary cause for endangerment to species in this country is habitat loss, land that's used for agriculture, bulldozing, native forest logging, 
development, mining. So all of those are human actions. You know, there's just this constant prevarication that, you know, cats are the devil incarnate. And that's just so simplistic. And people seem far more willing to to put a bounty on the heads of cats than they are to do something actually constructive and long-term and sustainable. Yeah, agreed. And there's definitely a lot of issues that contribute, but you can't deny 323 million native species animals were killed or are killed every year by feral cats and domesticated cats. I mean, you can't deny those numbers. It's having an impact, as is other issues. But shouldn't we be doing something about that issue while we can? We can make these plans to cull and to shoot and to limit pet-cat movements. It, you know, it's it's always been a jackboot uh, way that we deal with numbers of unwanted animals. It's also to do with semantics in this country. If we call an animal a pest or a companion, it changes the way we feel about those animals, even though they have the same sentience and needs and fears and all the rest of it that our companion dogs have. The moment we we hit the term feral on on these animals, then it's open slather on them. Um, I realise it would be impractical in you know in the desert, but as far as suburban animals, it's worked so well in Europe and in America, trap neuter release. So, and you know there are people in um, take New South Wales for example who are breaking the law by picking up. Wild cats, I refuse to use the word feral, they're picking up wild unowned cats, taking them to be neutered and then putting them back in in the same area they found them. And the reasoning for that is that those established colonies of cats will keep out other cats. So, you know, normal attrition means that their their numbers will just drop off. They won't be breeding. They won't be, um, you know, bringing larger numbers in, into that area. It's a, such a sane and humane way to keep numbers of wild cats down. To be fair, we can't, uh, I mean, that that won't get rid of the populations. We can't desex every feral cat that exists in Australia. I'm a huge animal lover and I hate the thought of of cats being culled and, and all of that. But when you look on the flip side, you've got all these native animals that are dying and are being killed. Uh, they can't coexist, surely not. I don't know who came up with the, the figure that you cited earlier on. It's quite common for National Park and other organisations to massage figures. You know, it's just they pluck a number out of the air. It sounds good. Let's go out and kill them. Killing animals has become such a big business. There's big business. There's lots of money to be made through poisoning. And I'm very cynical about these sorts of operations. And I say again that they are ineffective. They don't work. They haven't worked in 200 years. And this way of, in inverted commas, dealing with numbers of wild animals is short term and it will not last. We need to find new ways of reducing numbers of animals that are non-lethal and highly effective, unlike what we're doing at the moment. 
Yeah. And thank you so much for your insights, Linda. We do appreciate them on the briefing. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a big animal lover. I hate the idea yeah. of, of killing animals in this way, but something has to change. And, you know, the federal government's come up with this idea and this plan. It is open for public consultation, so people can absolutely yeah. have their say. And I'm sure you will we be will. as well. Yep. Uh, Linda, sure. thank you for your time and thanks for joining us on the briefing. <laughs> thanks, Sasha, very much. That was Linda Stoner there from Animal Liberation. Public consultation on the new cat plan is open until the end of the year. That's all from us at The Briefing today. Thank you for listening. Tom and the team will be back tomorrow morning at 6.00.